This is Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara from American Financial Security and American Financial Investments, a registered investment advisor. With the variety and sheer number of investment choices available and the new tax laws phasing into effect, are you financially prepared for retirement and saving in taxes the way you want to be? For many years, Ron and Barbara have been an integrated financial and tax preparation and planning firm, providing their clients not only with ways to make money, but also to keep more of it. Listen in as they discuss common financial questions and concerns and provide the facts on the new tax laws going into effect for individuals and businesses. And now, here are Ron and Barbara to help you find out how to move towards a more informed and confident financial future. Well, good morning out there. Uh, welcome to another uh, show? podcast, show, yeah. radio show of Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. Good morning. Hello, Arizona. Or good good afternoon. You know, we look forward to visiting with you each and every week on this uh, radio show, this podcast. And by the way, you know, on Google or Apple, on your, on your device, you'll be able to find our podcast, Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. And we've been having a lot of discussions uh, almost daily, um, just all the time with people of various ages that come to us or we ask them when we're meeting with them what kind of legacy planning they have. And what we mean by that is, do they have a will? Do they have uh, power of attorneys? Do they have a trust? Are they prepared that their family, if something happens to them, they're not going to have some surprises and have to go through a bunch of lawyers and courts to be able to uh, take care of whatever assets they might have or whether great or small. Mm-hmm. You know, Barbara, um, we've for many years now, including in our book, we've talked about this, we've wrote about this. And what a very important, very critical um, discussion. And it's almost a three parts of this are really a necessity for everyone. Absolutely. And everyone. so, you know, today, I think what I'd like to say to the audience, if you're if you're thinking, oh, they're going to talk about legacy planning, gosh, that's not for me. I don't have a lot of assets. I'd like to offer you a different perspective. Share a few more minutes with us. Listen in because the basics of legacy planning are actually important to everyone, regardless of their financial position. And for us, the way we look at it, it's really a very comprehensive assessment of your values and your financial goals that help ensure that while you're alive, we preserve as much wealth as possible. We plan to transfer as much wealth as possible uh, to any future generations or charitable organizations. So the basics are, I'd like to offer you really for everyone. We're going to offer nine different tips today in thinking about it and getting started. And so you might want to have you might want to have a piece of paper, piece of paper, pencil, have your iPad there, jot some notes down. down. The the nine different points that we're going to offer you today as some real value in in assessing what your needs are. Right, and if we start at the very beginning and say, well, what are some of the 
benefits of having a financial legacy written out and documented, I would offer to our listening audience that although there are a lot of reasons, and we'll cover those in just a minute, the point is, if you don't plan it, when you're gone, somebody else will. And it will be whoever is left behind to take a piece of what you had perhaps intended to leave, but hadn't prepared to do so. You know, all of us, all of us as humans, for some reason, we're all collectors of stuff. Uh-huh. And stuff means plates, dishes, uh, chairs, cars, collectibles stuff, over the years, financial assets. And there's family members, friends, charitable organizations that have, when we leave this earth and we pass away, there's all of our stuff that needs to be dispersed to other people or Mm -hmm. other organizations. That's really at the heart of what legacy planning is all about. Right. What is also at the heart of that is the fact that with the collection of all of our stuff, when we pass away, we want all of that stuff or those assets and that money to pass to our beneficiaries, whoever that those people are or organizations are, without, with minimal taxation. Minimal delay. Minimal delay, yes. Hoping to avoid probate. And, and minimal, minimal expense to attorneys to help move that stuff to these people or those organizations. Exactly. We don't want the courts to get involved, which is called probate, the probate courts to get involved unless they have to. Right. Right. So that's really at what what the benefits of having a financial legacy. Mm-hmm. If while you're still alive, you put together a plan either on your own or with the assistance of a team which we are and which we can provide with attorneys involved if it needs to be to that level so that your stuff is ready to go to your beneficiaries in a very efficient, loving, um, unpainful way. We say this before, you know, it's, it's, it's really uh, heartbreaking to see people not only Devastated by the loss of their lover, their friend, their longtime partner, but then also left in a quandary uh, because the financial side, the titling of assets, some of those really basic things were simply not handled before someone passed. And so now there's delays, there's costs, there's confusion uh, on top of the heartbreak. You know, a, a really quick example, and over the years we've seen examples for that are just tremendous, mm-hmm. very, very efficient, where sizable estates, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, dollars. are passing to beneficiaries in a very efficient, very minimal time-wasted way mm-hmm. because the plan was just so efficiently put together. And once a year or so, they would look at all of the beneficiary designations. They would make sure that everything was titled correctly. And 
those estates have moved on to the beneficiaries very effectively. On the flip side of that, we have also seen estates that were poorly put together. Um, one where there was no will, it was kind of a fragmented family situation where a lot of kids, stepkids and whatnot, all adults, and all of a sudden one brother uh, passed away. And he didn't have a will. He didn't have a power of attorney. Um, he didn't have a beneficiary designation on any of his fairly significant assets like 401ks, things like that. And so what happened was, is one of the siblings who was kind of a... The a, courts found. A, a, a distant, just hadn't communicated very much over the last 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden they got a call and says, hey, your brother passed away and there's a sizable estate here. And guess what? You're in charge of You're distributing it. it. <laughs> You're the only so, one we find that knows him. <laughs> so what a... What a really complicated process for this individual that wasn't ready for that. But also, how do we solve this and divide this up um, with a lot of family members that just really were fragmented as far as their closeness? Mm -hmm. And our goal in working with any of our clients is to really help you take the appropriate steps to ensure that your legacy, however large or small you may think it is, is, is crafted to be left exactly the way you want it to be. And so with that thought, we'll come back right after break and start working away at those nine easy tips. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call American Financial Investments at 928-771-8368 or visit AmericanFinancialSecurity.net to request your complimentary Social Security Maximization Report that will help you learn how to get the most out of your benefit. Well, welcome back to Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. And today, uh, we are talking about legacy planning. Planning your estate, planning what's going to happen with all of your stuff and you when you pass away. Mm -hmm. So Barbara, uh, we had mentioned to our listening audience that we have nine uh, simple legacy planning tips for them. Right. And so the first one is both dispelling a myth, perhaps, and also a first tip. And that is absolutely no matter what your net worth is, there are basics to legacy planning that absolutely are a must. And that comes down to really determining who will inherit your property, whatever that is, house, car, uh, clothing, china, gun collection, art collection, coin collection, IRA that you have with your current work, a 401k, whatever it is that you have, if you have something, Basic planning is a must. You know, tip number two is there's some leg, there's some crucial pieces that every single person, as soon as they reach adulthood, and we're going to say this, if you have a student that's 18 years old, 
a child that's 18 years old and they're or going, in college and 21 and they're going mm-hmm. off to college or they're going to go spend the summer in Europe studying abroad. We want to make sure that, that you have a three different things. Mm-hmm. Okay. A living will, a durable power of attorney for financial mm-hmm. and also a power of attorney for healthcare. You know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, Ron, and specifically relative to a student um, because children grow up, uh, but we tend to think of them as our children forever. Well, of course, I should make decisions for them when they can't. I'm their mother, but the child is 25. They're an adult. You have no right to speak for that young adult unless you have a power of attorney. So we think it's very logical, but it's not. When it comes down to the reality, we would wonder why a hospital wouldn't want to listen to us. They will say, do you have the living power of attorney for your son, for your daughter? It's a logical thing to us to think we could speak for family, but the institutions around us sometimes have conflicting priorities or goals. And so uh, this is a very important one. So, um, so keep in mind that at the attorney general's office for the state of Arizona, someone can click onto that website and there are some estate planning documents in there and anyone can go to the attorney general's office, click on that website mm-hmm. and find these three documents there. You can fill them out, bring them to someone that is a, Uh, A notary. A notary. Have those documents notarized, and you have done that for very little or no cost at all. Mm -hmm. Okay? So no matter anyone's age, as long as you're an adult, you really need to have those those in place. Right. And those are not expensive to do, and those are the kinds of things, especially the medical power of attorney and the financial power of attorney. If you... If you're in a relationship, you're married, you have a committed partnership, whatever that is, please recognize that the legal entities do not always have to acknowledge our own personal relationships. And so it's important to do those kinds of things while you are able. I know it's an unpleasant thing for people when they say, wait a minute, no, 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 mom can still pay her own bills. Um, I don't want to take her through the exercise of having her sign a power of attorney. Well, as long as mom is capable of paying her bills, your power of attorney doesn't need to be exercised. But what if mom falls? What if mom has a stroke? Now it's too late. Maybe mom no longer has the capability to give you her power of attorney. Now we have a dilemma because there was a delay. So really our point number four was we just covered that everyone needs a will. Mm-hmm. Okay. But point number three, point number three is keeping good records of all of your assets. So some people, and we see this in many different forms, some people have it all in a, a really tidy, neat binder. Some people have it all listed on a spreadsheet mm-hmm. with all the account numbers and They updated as far as what the values are and maybe even who it's going to, who the beneficiaries are. But 
keeping very good records, which means who do you want to inherit this specific asset? And maybe a cost basis on it. If you've purchased something, you know, you're going to pay for it somehow, credit card, check, um, over time. But you've got something that is now fairly expensive. You know what you paid for it. Somebody who may inherit that will not have a clue. So keep in mind the, the financial assets that we're talking about is retirement plans, mm-hmm. investments, insurance policies, annuity policies, real estate that you own, um, maybe collectible cars, uh, gold and silver coin collections. Maybe someone has, maybe you have a lot of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Who do you want that to go to? A collector car, maybe a boat. Maybe you so, have a small unincorporated business. What's going so, to happen with that? Yeah, because we we knew some we knew some some friends and they passed away suddenly and didn't have pretty significant assets, but one of those assets was a business and they hadn't correctly and properly said, Okay, what's our exit plan if something was to happen? Right. So there's a lot of things to 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 put in perspective when thinking about these. Right. So we would ask you, given those, I think that's great, Ron, you said retirement plans, investments, real estate, insurance policies. As you're working through that list and looking at what you have touched over your lifetime and somehow accumulated, ask yourself a few more questions. One. Do I know who I want to inherit each specific asset? And is that somehow documented, either through beneficiaries or something a little more official than writing on the back of it, like our grandmothers used to do? Uh, The other is documenting, and this would be critical in a trust or a will, who do you want handling your own financial affairs if you are still here but can't? And that's what the... The financial power of attorney, yes, uh, locks onto because mm-hmm. if you can't handle any of those financial assets on your own, whether you know you're in a coma or your mental capacities are not there, then who who can I trust? Who would make those really correct financial decisions? And do it in an ethical way. Yes. And in a way that would care as much about your designated beneficiaries if you were still able to care about it. So who are your beneficiaries and what do you want them to get out of what you have? Who do you want handling your financial affairs if you cannot for some period of time. And then thirdly, that medical power of attorney, who do you want making medical decisions for you if you're in an accident or as you said, run somehow, um, maybe you're just taking some pretty heavy duty medication after a surgery and you're a little foggy. So somebody else can, can take care of that. And some of the things that we recommend for people is consider that in each of those instances, and we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get to the trust, the people you want to choose need to be people who will execute your wishes exactly 
like you would have, exactly how you have documented. And they have the mental wherewithal to understand what they're dealing with. They have the fortitude to fend off uh, relatives and other family or other people who may have an opinion. They have the health that this is not an undue burden to them at this time. And hopefully the proximity to you, because even a very, very capable person dedicated as a power of attorney, if they don't live where you do, has some serious limits in terms of the convenience and the accessibility of what they can do. We're going to run to a break. We'll be right back and then we'll come back and start talking about that trusts are not just for the wealthy. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call American Financial Investments. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 928-771-8368 or visit us at AmericanFinancialSecurity.net. And we're back. Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. You know, that was a really interesting comment that you made before the break. Ron was a reminder to our audience that trusts are not for the wealthy. Whatever in your mind dictates the wealthy, whatever you think that is, we would offer to you that a trust can be a very, very useful legacy planning tool for many, many people. And yet there are some specific situations where a trust would be not only uh, beneficial, but it would be absolutely necessary. So we had talked about that, um, and we'll just say it, that some of the attorneys that we use say the same thing, estate planning and attorneys, Mm -hmm. is that not everyone needs a trust but everyone does need a living will, mm-hmm. a power of attorney for financial, a durable power of attorney, and a medical power of attorney. Right. Now, if someone invests in a trust and goes to an attorney and, and has one put together, and if you need some recommendations, we can certainly uh, provide some. Provide some. Mm-hmm. Then a trust is going to be inclusive of those very important documents that everyone should have. Right. But a trust, as we said earlier, is not just for the wealthy. Um, A trust, some people's situation is just a little bit more complicated. They have many beneficiaries involved. Mm -hmm. They have maybe a second marriage. They have... Or a third. They have children from here and there. They have... It's just a little bit more complicated. Maybe they have a disabled beneficiary dependent somewhere that they need to be able to provide income and support for long beyond their lifetime, your lifetime. And they need to put together some lifetime income needs and payouts for Mm -hmm. specific beneficiaries. Um, So a trust can gives us the space and gives that attorney the legal space to be able to word all of those special needs that goes into this very unique situation for this couple or this individual. Mm -hmm. So a trust can be a very beneficial legacy planning tool. And if 
If you need one, we will certainly recommend that you do that. Now, point number six is once you have all of your plans in place, it's very, very vital. And sometimes families say, I don't want to talk about when you might pass away. Well, there's two things in life that are guaranteed. One is taxes. <laughs> And the other one is death. Death, and in this a, life as we know it. And so, one of those things is just openly talk about something, and it's sometime the elephant in the room. Hey, mom and dad, let's let's discuss the end of life planning and how we're going to settle your estate when you're no longer here. Well, mom and dad maybe need to have that discussion with their kids. Well, they're still alive and it can be a loving discussion. This is what my plans are. This is how I want my estate to be uh, split up when I pass away. And I want to be very clear with you kids that I want this to be a very loving process along the way mm -hmm. and that all of this stuff right now is mine. And when I pass away, these instructions that you all have in front of you are exactly the way I want them dispersed when I pass away. Right. And this can be a very, very sensitive issue. And each and every one of you out there are going to have to kind of look at your own family, look at your dynamics, and maybe it's an adult uh, child or a couple of them that may nudge and say, hey, mom, dad, this is kind of awkward, but... Do you guys have a plan? I mean, are you kind of squared away? And the parents can say, I have a plane. I have a plan. And Susie Q, the one of you is going to be my beneficiary. And we're going to spend as much of it while we're here as we can. And when we're gone, Susie Q is going to let you know if there's anything left over. The other thing might be a discussion of if you have multiple children and you have Lent money. This is a real hot button for people. And I offer to you, think about it ahead of time. There's nothing wrong with lending to some of your children and so forth. But in many families, other siblings may be keeping track. And so a question that you in your own mind need to understand is, are those just things you do during your lifetime? Based on your decision, are those going to be reconciled later out of the inheritance you leave behind? Any of those little quirky things that you can at least determine ahead of time and document so will Barb, smooth it for people later. So let's let's walk through just in the remaining uh, 30 or 40 seconds that we have. Um, just recap those eight tips and then, Barbara, you can just give them the ninth tip. Mm -hmm. So. Tip number one, no matter your net worth, basic legacy planning is a must. Just, just have a plan. Yep. It's a very loving and kind thing that you're going to do for your loved ones and your beneficiaries. Right. A legacy plan may probably contain several crucial pieces, and that's the discussion of power of attorneys, medical, financial, and so forth. Keep uh, Number three, keep good records of your assets. Just know what you have. And document it. Number four, everybody needs a will. Number five, trusts aren't just for the wealthy. Trust can be a very, very valuable tool, especially when there's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. Six, discuss 
at your comfort level, the legacy plans that you've made with your family. And and then like you just talked about, uh, seven and eight is the federal estate exemption and then how to gift. But there's one more gift and that's number nine. And that's sometimes people just want to ch- give to a charitable foundation or a church or something else. And there are a lot of ways that you can invest uh, a living benefit into a charitable foundation. If you have some uh, questions around that, give us a call. American Financial Security, American Financial Investments. We are here to assist with questions to help your plan through life go as smoothly as possible. And the plans you have for when you're gone are executed the way you want. Have a great week, Arizona. Thank you for listening to Financial Facts and Tax with Ron and Barbara. Give your financial future a jumpstart and call this week for your complimentary strategy session. Call 928-771-8368 or visit their website at afsprescott.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services offered through American Financial Investments, a registered investment advisor in the state of Arizona. Insurance products and tax services are offered through American Financial Security. American Financial Investments and American Financial Security are affiliated companies. American Financial Investments American Financial Security, Ron Stevenson, Barbara Clark Stevenson are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government entity.